And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Well, welcome, Suns fans, to another edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. This is it. It's the end of the road. The last podcast officially of the 2021-22 season. Now, granted, podcasts will just kind of keep coming in succession, and you don't really know if they are part of which season or whatnot. But, you know, when you make lists on YouTube, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, and you can select the list, we have them in categories, by season, by playoffs, what have you. And this will be the last one for the 2021-22 season. So, Matthew, we've done it. We've reached the end of the oh, road. And we can't let go. There you go. What's up? Hey, good, good. It's been a while. Every two weeks we do a pod now. So yeah, always a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah, almost too much to talk about to the point where it's like, <laughs> I know that this Friday, obviously, is free agency, so we're going to have to have a podcast then, and we might have to do one, like, Wednesday or Thursday. Like, we might have to throw another one out there, just because I don't think there's any possible way that we can get to all of the content that we have to dis- discuss, because there's just so much to discuss, yeah. right? Yeah, and uh, we'll have to have the one when KD joins the Suns. We'll have to have a Megapod right then and there, right? Oh, you drop everything you're doing, folks. Yep, we'll be on. Join us on the Suns Jam Session podcast to talk about that. We'll see. We can maybe bring that up a little bit. You know, I, I'm interested to get your thoughts on the yeah. KD situation. So remind me at the back end of the podcast and we can discuss that. Because obviously, that's a big topic of discussion. Obviously, you're hearing from Flex from Jersey relative to this. Every other podcast is has some sort of title that has to do with KD in that title. So it's understandable that when you have such an attractive name linked to a team of yours, you're going to talk about it. And we would be not doing the right thing mm-hmm. if we didn't talk about that too. Yep. And Antonio Henry, a KD is still alive. I'm a believer too. And I've been a believer for a while. So I never thought he died. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He hasn't OD'd yet. Right. Okay. KD. No, no those are baseball pitchers. Baseball pitchers. Are the mm. ones that OD in the, the hotel rooms. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> well, I mean, when you, when your job is once every five days, I guess I can <laughs> empathize that. Welcome ladies and gentlemen. A reminder to everybody who's watching along live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, please subscribe, rate, review. If you're listening to this on your drive to work tomorrow on a Tuesday morning, uh, pull over to the side of the road, pull out your phone, give us a five-star review on Apple, and guess what? (laughs) We'll read it right here on the podcast, then correctly merge back into traffic, utilizing your blinker to do so. Don't be an asshole. Always use your blinker. (laughs) Uh, Matthew, it's time to pop open a nice ice-cold, teeth-cracking cold brew. Uh, What are you drinking tonight, my friend? Yes, um, nothing, but I know you got something, right? Yes, I'm having a Sam Adams Summer Ale, Citrus Wheat Ale. I got one of those like 12-pack varieties from Fry's. There's a summer, uh, a Samuel Adams Summer like variety pack, so it's got some different things. So I, I was like, you know what, fuck it. I haven't had a beer mm-hmm. in a while. Let's try this thing. So I'm going to pop it, it open. <laughs> yeah, that was like kind of a nice pop. I hope that audio came over perfectly. And let's talk about your Phoenix Suns. So much to talk about when it comes to the Phoenix Suns. Just talking about the NBA in general. There's been so many different things that have occurred since the last time we potted. Uh, the Golden State Warriors are once again the champions, which again is just another kick square in the balls because I thought we were the better team than them. But you know what? I'll just say this, okay? I'll just say this. Matthew, when you look at this past season relative to the Phoenix Suns, what do you feel that you have learned? Let's put a bow on this last season. What have you learned, Matthew? Oh, I learned that, you know, the season doesn't matter. But then now, before I learned that, maybe a couple weeks ago, I felt that way, right? Now I'm kind of excited for the season to start again. Mm -hmm. It kind of has a little bit of relevance to me now. Before, it doesn't mean anything after the way the season ended, of course. But right now, I'm just like, we learned a lot about our players. We were really excited, especially two years ago, how young this team was. All I wanted was like a, a Lakers first round victory, a victory over the Lakers in the first round two years ago. 
Then we got to the finals. Then last year, we were the best team in the West, right? Mm-hmm. What a letdown this last season was, or the last postseason. But the season, it's now I'm just like, you know what? I enjoyed it. And it's a lot of fun. Now it's on to the next venture. It's crazy like mm-hmm. how we can go from being a young team to where I just wanted a first round victory two years ago to now it's like KD or nothing. And if you don't get KD, is that a letdown? I don't know. But if you do get KD, and I'm going to keep, <laughs> I know we're going to talk about It's him, okay, man. Let's, yeah, let's if, go. If, if KD does come here, right? That's the apex of this franchise. We will have him and Chris Paul and Devin Booker on the same team. It won't get any better than that ever again. So it's kind of it's kind of scary right now. So I kind of missed last season just because of all the wins, all the great victories towards the end of the game with Chris Paul closing it out. You know, just it was innocent. It was an innocent season. Now it's just turning to something where it's like all or nothing this offseason for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you say that because a lot of uh, Jamsters who are watching along live with us are saying a lot of the same things. The regular season's overrated. uh, Doesn't matter until April. But I like the point that you made, Matthew, because I was thinking the same thing relative to what what this last season truly felt like, right? Because obviously we're going to talk just very briefly about the NBA draft. The Phoenix Suns don't have any stock in the draft, nor do they do anything. And I remember thinking back just three seasons ago where – the draft night was everything and you were constantly hoping and waiting for that moment in which the assets that were garnered in the draft equated to success postseason success like you said winning the first round being you know ha- having a reason to root past april for the phoenix suns and it felt like it was so far away you know i remember where i was when i was driving and we traded to get the marquise chris pick and i remember thinking back at the time i know exactly i was getting off the the exit on i10 and ray coming home and I remember thinking to myself, God, I can't wait till like everything that we're relying on provides the sense of what we're feeling now. Maybe a sense of disappointment, but a, a sense that there was an opportunity for success with this team. And now we've experienced it for the past two seasons. Like you said, an NBA Finals experience, uh, appearance, uh, the best record in the history of the franchise, an eight-game lead over any other team in the NBA, and both seasons ended a disappointment but the fact that we were along for the ride as corny as it may sound sure beats the other side of the coin it sure beats sitting around in the middle of june hoping that you get an asset in the draft that three years from now could potentially guide you to a playoff victory so yes i i, I think that i learned that the regular season record it doesn't matter necessarily i it, it still matters obviously because you don't want to be the eight seed you want to have confidence entering the postseason so, you know, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword saying that. It's like, well, the record doesn't matter. Like, yeah, the record matters if you're, you know, you're going up against a team that won 64 games and you're the team that won 34 games or 37 games, like whatever the the Pelicans won, right? Because your confidence level entering said postseason isn't as high. But I think I learned a couple other things when it, when you look at kind of how the season played out, right? You look at the NBA Finals, you look at Golden State Warriors and and the Boston Celtics, and that's always going to be your lasting impression of this season as a basketball fan, not just a Suns fan, but a basketball fan, is how do you take what you saw in that NBA Finals and apply it moving forward? And one of the first things that I noticed is like Jason Tatum and Devin Booker, same level kind of player, right? Yes. Like yeah. everybody likes to, to hype up Jason Tatum, and I get it. You know, they push him as the face of the NBA, but now they've both lost in the finals. They're both extremely talented guys who didn't necessarily play well on the highest stage possible, you know, outside. Conversely, you have the Warriors who did, right? So anybody who wants to sit there, because you see that debate. You saw that debate a lot during the finals. Oh, Jason Tatum's better than Booker. It's like, well, hold on. He was right back there in the same spot last season, right? And he got faced with a team that just knew how to take him out and uh, execute better than he did. And it's a learning experience for a young man, you know, 24, 25 years old, just as it was for Jason Tatum this year. Right. Yeah. And I feel like the NBA, especially the fans on Twitter, everybody is just really talking about comparisons all the time. You Mm -hmm. can't just enjoy one player, just them being themselves. Cause we have to compare, 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 especially when these guys are not, they haven't reached their ceiling yet. We thought maybe Booker has maybe this year leadership, but there's more to his game. That's going to come. He's going to be even a better player next year. Yes. So I don't, I don't think we can compare these guys and Jason Tatum. He's a guy that goes from a top six player to top 20 just like that. Just one like game that. Top, yes. And Jason, Jalen Brown, all of a sudden, he's a better player than Jason Tatum some games. So it's just like, let these guys figure it out. It's it's a roller coaster until they can kind of be more consistent in the playoffs. And 
I enjoy both of them. Like I was kind of a Jason Tatum hater, but I realized I'm like, me, is it just because everyone likes him so much? Is it because everyone puts him on a pedestal? I that might be the reason, but I can just enjoy his game now, and I don't like to compare because like there's no there's no rivalry, there's nothing there. They don't have the same game at all. Like why mm-hmm. do we have to do that? And you know the the whole thing where the whole Kobe thing too, that was kind of weird where people like when he texted Kobe, I don't mind him doing that at all. It's just like people go after him for that. Then yeah. Devin Booker is compared to Kobe, even though he never compared himself to Kobe. So then there's that comparison. There's just too much. We can't enjoy anything anymore well, that's, where we can just watch these players and just sit back and relax and enjoy the game. That's the way the NBA is. They're constantly looking for the next thing, right? When Kobe came around, he was supposed to be the next Jordan. And then after Kobe retired, you know, we're at that phase right now where they're trying to find the next Kobe. And you have, yeah. I mean, Jason Tatum was wearing like a, a number 24 uh, purple and gold armband in the NBA finals as a tribute to his favorite player, much akin to how Devin Booker has be legendary. These guys revere Kobe Bryant. Yeah. And, but again, like no one will ever be another Kobe. They're going to be the first Devin Booker, the first Jason Tatum, you know, and I'm with you. Like I am a noted Tatum hater. Uh, I, I've stated on numerous times that I think he's overrated and I probably feel that way kind of much akin to you. I feel like he's being shoved down my throat from an NBA level. I don't think that his skill set is something that is, overly spectacular when I have someone who I feel is really spectacular in my hometown and they never talk about him. I think it's more of that's what creates that abrasiveness for me towards that player. He's a damn fine player. And he did the same thing in the NBA finals that Devin Booker did is he just didn't get it done. And you just have to, like you said, Matthew, you can compare and you, and there's things you should compare and there's things that are over compared. And I think it's the over comparisons that when you see Jason Tatum and you see Devin Booker are just becoming kind of, kind of lazy, if you will. You know, it's again, they're the, the first if they're like people, they're like people. But he like you said, he's a completely different player. He really likes perimeter and he likes going. He has no mid mid uh, range jump shot, whereas like no. that's where Devin Booker cooks. I know so it's, it's like, like completely, totally completely opposite. different. And I like what uh, yeah. Tim says in the chat. He says a Tatum hater is a tater. <laughs> so tater nuts. Tater, tater nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing that I that I learned is the Suns aren't the Warriors. Yes. And. What I mean by that no. is if you want to be successful in the NBA, you have to pony up right now. Granted, like the, the Warriors were in a unique situation in which Clay Thompson went down and was out for quite some time. And then you had uh, Steph Curry broke his wrist against the Phoenix Suns one season. So they had a couple seasons where they could sit back, rest guys as much as they want, hit the draft uh, and, you know, revamp and come back as yeah. a a viable uh, and, and deadly team that ultimately won a championship. But the difference is the fact that if you want to be like the Warriors, if you want to copy their blueprint, if you will, to be successful, you have to spend money. And like the Suns aren't the Warrior. If, if, you, if you want to be like the Warriors, you have to spend. And that's what's going to be interesting about this season because you take a look at the, the Warriors and you know they have a player in Steph Curry who's going to make 53 uh, million dollars, 53.8. Clay Thompson, 37.9. Andrew Wiggins, 29.5. Draymond Green, 24.9. This is a team that doesn't care about the luxury tax, the salary cap. They don't care because they know that winning championships is what it's all about. So they'll spend to do so. The Suns, in an effort to try to, again, if, if you're sitting here and you're trying to figure out, well, what do we got to do to be a championship level team? If you want to look at the Warriors as a blueprint, the answer is spend money. The opportunity is in front of the Phoenix Suns this year where they're going to have to spend some money if they want to do that. Because let's face it, at the end of the day, the best thing for this team, whether I believe he is worth a max contract or not, is paying Aiton and keeping him here. I mean, you've heard it on the Bill Simmons podcast, right, Matthew? Bill Simmons talks about every how every other team would would benefit from having DeAndre Ayton. He's like the Spurs, they'd be good with DeAndre Ayton. The the Pistons would be good. The Bulls would be good. Everybody knows that DeAndre Ayton going to your team makes it better. So why get rid of him? Yeah. So I don't. <laughs> when when I wrote the notes for this pod, well, I mean, would you be surprised if I told you that two pages of it was just Ayton notes, just me going <laughs> off on DeAndre Ayton? I mean, it's not going off. It's just, you know, talking about him to myself, but it's, it's nuts. <laughs> of course, you're not going to be, you're not going to be the Warriors. So there's a comparison again. We're not going to be the Warriors. But you can be. You can be. You can spend. We spent, I mean, we were scared to spend the money on Chris Paul. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're just not used to it. And it, yeah. these players right now, we're kind of questioning, do, I, do we spend? I feel like 
a lot of Suns fans would rather spend the money on a Cameron Johnson than DeAndre Ayton right now. Yes, which but then is now, I don't weird. know. Maybe maybe people are coming around more DeAndre Ayton lately. Of course, we talked about the last pod we had a year ago. It's been for forever. <laughs> I feel like where I just talked about, or we talked about where DeAndre Ayton. If we bring back everybody and do this again, I wouldn't be upset. But now the KD things in there, then it's like, yeah, like of course I would trade DeAndre Ayton for KD, KD and Bradley Beal. Maybe that's it. But to bring back DeAndre Ayton, it's not a bad thing. It's a good offseason. I was actually watching PHNX Sports and like uh, Gerald Bourget was actually talking about it's still a good offseason if you resign these guys and just have the same team come back because whatever happened in the playoffs was just it's it's a fluke thing. Yeah. You know, when you look back at it, that's why no one said anything. DeAndre, of course, did not say anything. He just he left and didn't talk to the media, but no one got onto anybody. I mean, even the softball game that happened a couple days ago, they were talking about DA and they were just supporting him. Like, that's what you have to do during these situations because mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to happen. You can't just attack somebody. And no one's really blaming DeAndre. It's just now that the Suns are a destination, now that we have Booker and Chris Paul, there's just so many other options. And when you when you think about last season, you think about DeAndre, and you're just like, do we wait for this guy? Do we really just, you know, hope he's an all-star? Maybe he's a superstar. Who knows? Like, but then when there's options out there, now it's just like, I don't know if we can wait. I don't know if we can. And a lot of people don't want to just hang everything on Chris Paul mm-hmm. and just say, Oh, he got us here. He's the reason for it. A lot of people say that. And it is true. It is definitely true. Yeah, he's but a, then he's also a he's big getting factor. older. Yeah, he's a big factor. So there's just so many options with this team this offseason where you can't I feel like it would be it'd be a shock if we strike out this offseason to where we come back next season and we still look good, right? Because it's yeah. still basically a championship team right now. We haven't yeah, it's won a, it's it. a 64 still win team. Yeah, yeah, we're still exactly young the window's still, still open. And mm-hmm. as we'll reference here momentarily, like the rest of the teams catch or rest of the league's catching up. They're trying to catch the Phoenix Suns right yeah. now. So you have to make some very smart. That's that's where I think you could potentially strike out, if you will, is because uh, this is a very important offseason. Unbelievably important because all those other teams are coming for the Suns. And you have to make the right decisions to sustain the success that you've had at the level that you've had it. And that's going to be a challenge. And again, we don't we don't know what's going to what's going to happen. The interesting thing is the market's going to dictate what DeAndre Ayton is worth, and we're going to find out by the end of this week, right? Yeah. July first, this Friday, that's when free agency essentially begins. You'll start hearing shit on Thursday. I mean, it's about to be a very interesting and exciting off season for the Phoenix Suns. As uh, our buddy Flex from Jersey said recently on the Coast to Coast podcast, he thinks this is going to be one of the most uh, interesting off seasons that he's ever seen, not just for the Suns, but in the NBA. And we're already starting to see some of that trickle down stuff, you know? So it's going to be interesting to see what Phoenix does, how they navigate the DeAndre Ayton thing. But again, in my personal opinion, our culture is close. Like you said, we are a destination now. There's guys who are like, listen, if I, if I'm leaving this situation, I want to go to Phoenix. I want to be a part of what they're doing there. We're our culture is close to being a championship level culture. But until we exceed that luxury tax, we're just like everybody else in the league. The Warriors are one of those teams that takes a big swing, and they're going for the glory, Huck. And you know what? They got they were rewarded with the championship because of yeah, that, they paid for off. it. They mm-hmm. paid for it. You know, and again, it ain't my money, so I don't give a shit. Spend, spend, spend. Like I, I to to your KD point, you know, KD ain't going to be cheap if he comes here, and he's going to be somebody's what 34, 35 years old. You know, he's at the yeah, back in his 34. career too, so. Short-term greed, long-term greed, short-term greed. Does he bring us a championship? If he doesn't, long-term greed shot because you're going to give up assets for it. So, you know, there's a lot of different debates that we could do. We could do a whole episode on KD alone. But again, interesting. Low Sun says, I disagree with us being a destination. That's an interesting. Hmm. I wonder why that is. Because I but definitely it, see us as a destination. Yeah, it, it's if KD, I don't think KD wants to. To me, KD re-signing with Brooklyn, personally, I just feel like that would be a shocker more of a shocker than him going somewhere else, right? Than to like Phoenix or maybe even, I don't know, Phoenix just seems like the right spot. But staying in Brooklyn just doesn't make sense. I know the Kyrie signed today. He's in Brooklyn, but that doesn't mean anything. Like all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, it's off, like Katie's gone. No, it's not the day. That's, yeah, Scottsdale, Phoenix, whatever. It's hot here. Who gives a shit? But people, all players want to play with Booker. It's who you want to play with too. Booker, Chris Paul, they want to win a championship. And if KD comes here and he's in that division with LeBron James, Steph Curry, like that's what it's four games, right? Each, do they still do four games each? It is right. Two and two home. 
So that's that's mm-hmm. good for the NBA. It's it's good for everybody. That's good basketball. KD can have his revenge on the Warriors. So it makes sense for him to come here, not just destination, but just all around. It just it makes absolutely the most sense for him to be in Phoenix other than Brooklyn. And in Brooklyn, it's like I feel like that's just it's over. They had their chance, they had their guys. What, you're going to go back to Brooklyn and hope Kyrie plays? And then what's going to happen there, man? You have nothing there to help you win a championship. Suns have the most right now. And they don't have to offer both Cameron Johnson and Mikael Bridges, right? It just has to be a Cameron Johnson, which would suck and hurt. But it's what you have to do to get KD to, get, to come here. Yeah, it'd be most likely Cameron Johnson. You'd have to throw another contract in there, something like a Jay Crowder. Because, again, I mean, he's making uh, $42 million this upcoming season. Yeah, uh, yeah. But that being said, the thing that Brooklyn most likely will want is a ton of picks. So, I mean, you'd be definitely leveraging get your them. future. Yeah. Yeah. Deal them. I'm with you. Well, cause we're deal still them. young too. I, I just feel like Booker's still young. And if we can keep Mikhail bridges, like those are two young pieces still. So it's not like you're giving everything away just for some old guys. You know what I mean? Oh, I hear you. And, and I see a lot of the chat, you know, um, coach fallen founder says, sorry, I'm late. Don't know if y'all discuss it, but Bill Simmons, <laughs> talked about a straight trade of KD for Booker. Eddie Johnson said no, but barely. Um, you know, there's when, when you talk about KD and Kenneth Payne says KD won't leave now, unfortunately. Again, we don't know that. Hmm. You know, the whole Kyrie thing is still up in the air. You have to think about yeah, how that yeah. player performed last season and what he did uh, to, again, he's about me, not we. And that's the problem with Kyrie. Good, bad, or indifferent. That's just, that's just who he is. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he's all about me, not about we. And you can't rely on a guy like that. Conversely, you have Kevin Durant, a guy who's played on Team USA with Devin Booker, knows how this guy operates, uh, definitely has a relationship with Chris Paul and wants to be a part of something successful. And to your point, like if you want to come over and, and exact revenge on the Western Conference, like Phoenix is a damn fine destination to do so. So, again, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Kevin Durant ends up in Phoenix. I wouldn't be. And it's interesting because. Flex from Jersey said on the Coast to Coast podcast, he's like, hey, if KD can't come, there's other people out there who want to. And he was referencing LeBron James. Mm, mm. Matthew, what would you think if LeBron James became a Phoenix son? <laughs> I would how would it. How would I, I fucking <laughs> deal with that I was going to say, question. how would you? We had to go back like Joe Rogan and delete all those podcasts about <laughs> LeBron James, man. Just all my, my continual LeB- like LBJ rants yeah. where I just go Suns off for be, 10 minutes. Suns would be playing the Hawks, and you would spend 20 minutes talking about how much you hate LeBron James. This sounds about So we right. have to go back and delete all those. But, yeah, of course I would love it. I would love Le- LeBron would make everybody so much better. And he's already still – he's still amazing to watch and play. Like, it makes sense – like the destination Phoenix, it makes sense here, man. It's a beautiful place to live. And plus, Especially like the players during around the season. Yeah, the players around LeBron, like Chris Paul and Booker, it doesn't get any better than that. Two guards while he plays big, like that, that'll be perfect. So it's crazy. Remember, we used to always talk about this where we wanted LeBron James on this team with Dragon Bender, Marquise Chris. Yeah. But this actually makes sense. You look at every other destination. It just doesn't. I mean, if you go to LA Clippers, maybe or something, if you do a, a trade with Kawhi or something, I don't know. But like right now, Phoenix is the best option for a lot of these players that want to get that championship in. Plus, the thing is, there wouldn't be like an asterisk, right? They would win with Chris Paul and Devin Booker, who have not won one yet, mm-hmm. and they would get them their first championship. So they can't say, which always sucks. Like even Kevin Durant went in Golden State. Oh, these guys won with those players that already won before. They can't say that. So that's what these players I feel like are looking at too, is if where could we win where we won't get that asterisk? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I hear you. And again, when it comes to LeBron, you know, there's there's no more vocal LBJ hater than probably me. And <laughs> I'll tell you, if he comes here, I'll feel like the whole Chris Paul thing all over again. Because Chris Paul annoyed the shit out of me for years until he became a Phoenix Suns and a member of the Phoenix Sun. And then I respected him. And you got to think like, who does... LeBron James respect as a general manager, James Champ Jones, who has publicly said, I don't want shit to do with the draft. We don't deal with young players here. Both LeBron pretty much and James Jones. Like, you know, you come here, you're working with vets. Okay. There's no rookies on the goddamn thing. We're not worried about draft picks. You know, it's like LeBron's heaven. And trust me, he's right at that point where he's, uh, he's exhausted his, funds if you will with los angeles because he's already destroyed that franchise so maybe he gets (laughs) traded here comes finds devin booker and takes back his number 23 jersey the last number 23 jersey that he ever wore as a member of the lakers that he signed after uh, uh devin booker destroyed him in the first round in game six i don't know but again 
the what, what's interesting and, and the reason we have these kind of conversations is because we're not the Oklahoma cities of the world. We're not even the we're not the Utah Jazzes of the world. We are a place that has become a destination uh, that has members of the team and and an organization overall that is progressive, that is appealing to other uh, fan bases and or not fan bases, but uh, players in other markets. And, you know, again, you take a look at what the Suns have done recently. Their new assistant GM. Uh, Morgan Cato, the first woman of color to hold the the assistant GM position, right? You have uh, the Suns exec, Ryan Resch, who came out as the first openly gay person to work in NBA ops. This is a very progressive franchise, you know, an African-American uh, head coach and general manager. You know, these are things that are appealing to members of the NBA as well. They should be, you know, this is a very forward first franchise it just is crazy that you have all this great progressive behavior and bob sarver's the fucking owner of the team it's like the weirdest thing i've ever seen yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. and and i don't know if how long that's gonna last nobody really does that's still been mums nah, the word gone. you know but again when you look at this team you can mention names like lebron you can mention names like kd and they're not a punchline to a joke it's a it's a possibility yeah and uh, yeah, to go back, the Suns are progressing, but like all the things that they did, it should just be a natural thing now with the the openly gay executive. Um, that was actually a really good article by Kevin Arnowitz. The interview yeah. that was really really fantastic. Good. So I read that. That was awesome. And uh, you know, it's just something where everyone's going to be eventually comfortable with it, like all of it. So the Suns are ahead of it, right? I mean, yes. you know, it's going to happen sometime later or not. Like this, this stuff's going to come out to where franchises will be progressing forward you know and sarver's not that guy sarver's on his way out sarver's a dude where he's stuck in his own shit like he's just stuck there where he wants to be it's his way or the highway right no if you want to well, be successful it might be the highway for him <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna it be yeah, absolutely be. he will be out of here if we get any of these guys even like a bradley beal sarver's not gonna be here right he's he cannot be here these guys these these free agents will come here or before they even like take an offer they'll be like you gotta make sure that guy's out of there mm -hmm. it's absolutely something where he's gonna be gone next year so that's gonna be awesome and that's gonna be probably the biggest positive for this franchise moving forward is that piece of it so um I don't know. I just think there's just so much going on again with the Suns, and it made me just wonder. Like this off season, these off seasons for the Suns are like more entertaining almost in the regular season. Than oh playoffs. yeah, it's crazy now. Well, it's it's because we all enter that mode of like a 2K player, right? Like it's almost obnoxious to go to Suns Facebook because of some of the trade possibilities, or anytime anybody might potentially opt out of something, everybody on Suns Facebook has to mention that. Yeah, it's a positive. Kyrie, should we get him? Like, no, mm -hmm. no, 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 no. You know, but everyone's like, you know, they, they put together their two cents because this is the time of year, you know, creating is half the fun, right? Like you've played 2K in the past. I play 2K. Anytime you do anything, anytime you're in creation mode, it's the most fun. The most mm -hmm. to me, when, when I play franchise mode on 2K, the, the fun isn't playing the games or playing the season. It's crafting a roster so you can sim through that season and see how they do. It's going into my career and creating your guy, right? And putting all yeah. the, you know, the little tchotchkes on him and whatnot. You know, like that's what's fun. And that's what mode we're in right now. We're on the precipice of the creation mode of the 2022-23 roster. And because of the way that this team's played with the assets they have and the names linked to them, it's an unbelievably exciting time because to, to your point, even three years ago, you know, we were making these little moves like, hey, man, Ryan Anderson, what the fuck? You know, it's like, Ooh, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm stuff. saying? Like, it's a yeah. totally now it's KD, potentially LeBron, you know, Bradley Beal, all these different names that could be linked to the Suns. And they make sense because these are players who want to be a part of something successful, a franchise that is successful, trying to get to the promised land. And we're trying to see if it all goes together. So this is a very exciting week for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I'm just going to touch ever so briefly the nba draft obviously happened last uh thursday did you watch the nba draft matthew i actually i did um i went to a bar after um uh, after work with some okc fans we sat there nice they got they their guy chet it was fun like we were actually the only ones really in the bar watching it um but i had absolutely no this is the first year in a while where i didn't youtube these guys i didn't look them up i had no idea who was getting drafted all <laughs> right nice and of course yeah it is nice but then I also feel like, am I not preparing myself for the podcast 
But then I'm like, does it, do the chancers even give a shit? Like, I don't, I don't care about the draft right now. I, I can care less about these younger players. I think we're young enough as it is. I think any of these players being drafted in the top 13, like in the, in the lottery, I don't need to know. I can look them up later. Right. Yeah. I, I I'll be okay. Right. Cause I feel like I'm kind of letting people down by not doing my, my studying and just getting ready for the draft. But I was like, it came by, it was, came so quickly. I'm like, I'm not even going to dive into these guys. till later, I don't think so. I sat there, I watched it. The Knicks messed it up. I was like, the Knicks are probably going to land somewhere where they're going to want just that, that other guy that didn't get picked up. Maybe they get like the Bradley Beal. So it's always just the same stuff. OKC had like five picks. So it was fun <laughs> to watch. It's just it makes me kind of mad where I didn't really know who these guys were. So I had no one really to root for. What did you do? Well, uh, same thing. I watched it. And uh, same thing. I did zero. I didn't even I normally go to like Kevin O'Connor's page because he does a great yeah, job yeah. of draft yep. uh, prep and all that stuff. I didn't even look at that this year. Uh, no desire because like there's no way. In my opinion, the Phoenix Suns were going to try to trade into the draft and garner an asset, right? Now, if there was any transactions, the primary reason I watched was in case the Phoenix Suns did anything where they traded something and 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 tried to trade in to get a pick or utilize uh, something as an asset to try to move DeAndre and whatever, whatever it may be. Cameron Johnson, his name was linked to potential uh, trade possibilities relative to draft day. So I was watching for that reason. Uh, more than anything, I was just watching to see the dumb shit that Kendrick Perkins was saying. Like, as he started comparing players, you know, Wancho, or whatever the guy's name is, the guy who got, I don't know the guy's name who got picked number one <laughs> overall, man. The guy from Duke, uh, <laughs> who yeah. looks just like, uh, um, starts with a P, right? Poncho, her, I don't know. <laughs> her, hermaphrodite. Yeah, yeah, but but he's he, you know it's just like I was watching for kind of the entertainment value. I'm a I'm a I'm a uh, NBA fan, so I was watching there just to kind of see what's happening because I like to see mm-hmm. the transactions. You know who's going where. You kind of get uh, in tune with who some of the guys are based on some of the podcasts we listened to and, and the coverage that was provided. Uh, yeah, pa- Paulo Banchero. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank you, Westville. Appreciate that. But again, that's I don't. <laughs> I, I'm with you, Matthew. Like. I don't feel like I'm doing this podcast as a service because people don't come to this podcast to listen to urinized draft analysis, right? I just wanted to say and throw out there for the few minutes we're talking about the NBA draft, like the fact that the Phoenix Suns had a very silent night, which I wrote a piece for Bright Side of the Sun referencing silent night and mentioning how it's like, you know, I might it might be the summer equinox, but it feels like it's the winter solstice because it's like a silent night. <laughs> it's like we were Christmas caroling because nothing happened. And I'm good with that. I'm 100% good. We shouldn't Me care too. about the draft anymore. I was so you know? happy the Suns didn't do anything. Yeah. You know? Unless they were yeah. trying to move like a Jay Crowder or something, get some picks, get some younger guys out of that. I was thinking maybe like a vet like that or like Sham. I think Sham is probably going to be here next year, but like a Jay Crowder. I think because I, I heard they were kind of shopping him around to other teams. I think there was mm-hmm. four or five teams interested. So I don't know if that had to do with the draft or not, Um, but it just wasn't interesting. And I think we even texted each other like, hey, if there's something happen, we'll do a pod. I'm like, yeah, just – Please, nothing happened because I don't. I don't care. I'm at a bar with my OKC friends. <laughs> no, they're very hyped up on not that reason, Chet Holmgren. Yeah, yeah, got a little <laughs> so, crazy in there. But I mean, that was the NBA draft. And Suns fans, if you're frustrated that the Suns didn't get to participate in that, that's on you. You can choose to be frustrated for those reasons, uh, respectfully. And I respectfully will not be frustrated because, again, I don't think that anything that could have been done in the NBA draft is going to benefit this team to help them win the championship this year because that's the focus. This isn't three years ago. This isn't like, hey, what do we got to do to become relevant again? Or, hey, yeah. what do we have to do to get to the playoffs, or let alone win a series? Now we're at that we're in, we're in championship mode. So fuck the draft. Yeah, uh, you have to things, win this year. Yep. Yes, this year, not three years from now. Yes, mm-hmm. not three years from now. Mm-hmm. Speaking of things that don't fucking matter, uh, the summer league is just around the corner. Um, Suns' first game against the Lakers, July eighth, seven p.m. on ESPN two. Matthew, will you be tuning in? Why or why not? <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll be <laughs> I'll be tuning in. Uh, but you know what? Ify Lundberg, though, that's one name. Yeah, right. he that is, was he's fun. A, that was fun last roster. year. Check that out. Um, I just I have no interest really. Um, I will watch though. Of course, what else am I going to watch? Right, I'm going back to watching Oz on HBO, so I got to watch something. Man, related. you're going way back. Yeah, there's no Yankees baseball on right now on Fox, so I got to watch something. So I'll, I'll definitely be watching the summer league. What about you? Oh, of course, I'm a basketball fan. I don't think we'll be doing post game podcasts trying to break down the summer league that has Ify Lundberg and Lewis King, who was the uh, summer league MVP last year or uh Vrenz Bleed John Bruh or whatever Bleed yeah. John Burr. 
from Belgium mm-hmm. who played with the G League Windy City Bulls. Like, I'll tune in. I'll watch a little bit of basketball. We'll probably reference it a little bit uh, on our next podcast after that. But it's not going to be something that I'm unbelievably tuned in to because, again, the summer league is designed for players who were recently drafted by your team just to see how they look athletically. You know, it's one thing to watch a guy when he plays in college, put him up against some uh, pros and see how he moves in those situations. So, again, don't truly care. Bigger and better news coming. Amen. Well, let's let's go around the NBA because there's a lot of things that are uh, happening. Obviously, we're leading up to free agency, which, again, is officially July 1st. But you start to, you know, and that's what 9 p.m. July 30th. So Thursday at 9 p.m. is kind of when a lot of those uh, different transactions start. Matthew, I recommend that you and I do a podcast probably at that time where we just come on here 9 p.m. We can just start bullshit and talk about some potential free agent targets. And then yes, yes, in live time. On Twitter, we will find shit out that is going, and that's fun stuff, right? Like, those are fun. It is. So Yeah, we'll just like at the, at the NBA draft, I was kind of spilling the beans a little bit, sitting there um, with my phone. They didn't have their phones out with the notification, so I knew oh, it was going to I... So, yeah, <laughs> so you. I was I just bet doing you they're going to take Poncho Holgram. Yeah, I already forgot. <laughs> no, I think um, even Woj and uh, is it um, Zach? Um, what is it? I haven't listened to this podcast in a while. Shams? Zach. No, Zach it's Lowe? Woj, Zach Lowe. They had like oh. a, a show where they, they, you know, they just sit there like we're going to do and they just go through the free agency when everything pops up, Woj yeah. will let us know. So, yeah, I mean, we should do it because the Suns will be in the middle of the Suns, Lakers, yes. and Brooklyn. It's yes. going to be the big teams. It's, it's going to be, be some big fun. moves, man. The heavy hitters, yep. the heavy I, hitters. Better than the championship, right? <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> no, no. I wouldn't know. I just wouldn't know. I mean, that's what it comes down to. I've I, never cried. So I don't in, know. In, in, in theory. But obviously, you know, going around the NBA, some of the news that's out there, uh, the first big thing that happened right before this podcast started recording is the fact that John Wall will be bought out by the Houston Rockets and will officially become a free agent. And it is reported that he is going to sign with the Los Angeles Clippers, Matthew. So John Wall, along with Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, uh, Norman Powell, uh, Roco, I mean that there is a, a is a team that they're trying to put together. What are your thoughts on John Wall as he enters the possibility of coming over to our division and helping strengthen that Los Angeles Clippers team? It's a good veteran presence. I think what Wall was trying to do with Houston, you know, he said they had good players there, but it's very very young. It's hard to be. I feel like the John Wall of nowadays, where you just have to be that veteran guy to come in, give some really good minutes some decent minutes, some nights, you know, he can still do that. So it's a good team because they already have the veterans there. They already have the leadership. They, they have a lot of veterans. They have champions on that team. So I just think that this is what he needs in his career. Um, does it scare me as a Suns fan? Maybe. I mean, he's going to be what backup coming off the bench, right? As long as they're healthy, he's going to be the backup guy coming off the bench. Unless they mix him in that. I feel like maybe he, he will start at first. And then they'll be like, you know what? You're probably going to go to the bench. That's something where I, I can see that happening, but I'm not too worried about it. I mean, is this something that frightens you? I mean, it's not, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's a big name, yes. but just where he's at in his career. Yes. I think it's a good fit for him and it might be scary in that way, but I don't think it's too much where I'm just like, all right, sons have to get Bradley Beal. Sons have to get KD. I'm not like that. I'm not thinking that right now, but see, so it doesn't scare me, but it does concern me because again, the Clippers are aligning themselves to make a very, very solid run in a championship. They are no longer, a team that we just dismiss because of, you know, injuries. Now, that being said, it is a team full of injury prone players, adding John Wall to that mix, right? Yeah. Like yeah. he's a player who didn't play all last season at 31 years old, sat out. Uh, he played 40 games the previous season, had 20.6 points per game and 6.9 assists. Uh, he didn't play the, the season before that. Uh, he had a left heel, an Achilles uh, injury, and then an infection as well. And if you look at his career holistically, this is where I don't think like he will start for that team because he started 601 of 613 games in his entire career. There's none of this. I'm going to go sign here and I'm going to be a backup player. Now he's going there and he wants to play. Now, that being said, I think John Wall is one of those players who the modern NBA has kind of passed him by. Uh, Does he have the ability to score? Yes. Does he have the ability to distribute? Yes. Uh, He's a career 32% shooter from beyond the arc. And in the modern NBA, especially on that team where they need to have the ability to spread the floor to be effective, 
I don't know if he necessarily fits into that offense the way that he probably wants to. Couple that with age and the fact that they're injury prone, I could see it being a team very similar to like the Lakers last season. A lot of big names, right? A lot of big names. Yes. Yep. But a lot of injuries the, along the whole way. And as top heavy as they be. And I, I, I John Wall will probably sign one of those veteran minimum deals. It'll be fucking ridiculous because he's getting bought out for. I think 41 million of his $47 million contract is they're just, they're like, here's 41 million. That's what Houston's doing to get rid of him and, and continue with their youth movement. So he's going to take one of those veteran minimum deals. But that being said, there's still a top heavy uh, team when it comes to their, the price of their stars. So it'll be interesting to see how healthy they could potentially stay for the season. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And like Kenneth Payne, like he said, what we said, Clippers are old AF as fuck. And I'm just, I'm thinking that, yeah, they are in the injury prone. I just think we have to realize too, like, I know the Clippers are scary of what they have, but they've failed so many times, right? Just trying to make an effort to win the championship. It's like, maybe they just are who they are. You know what I mean? Like people could say the same about the Suns, huh? Exactly. Maybe Chris Paul is who he is. That's why we need Kevin Durant here, but maybe he is who he (laughs) is where he hasn't won anything right i mean he won it with steph but then steph's won it without you know what i mean so you get into that kind of talk so no i think the clippers are absolutely scary i i think that they can be something some some a freakish team out in the west again this year but can they keep it up till the playoffs start i mean we were so close to seeing maybe even Kawhi coming back against in the in the playoffs you know in the in the play-in situation where he was close to coming back so if that's another situation where that happens like no i'm done with this team if that's the way they're going to be every year then i'm just done and but the and the big question mark with that team though is like who is john wall now who is Kawhi leonard now you know i mean paul george came back but like we don't know two of those cogs all looks good you know so so we'll yeah yeah two of those cocks i mean we don't we don't know who those cocks are anymore so we'll just see <laughs> uh, another trade that's already occurred was Christian Wood went to the Dallas Mavericks. The Rockets received the number 26 pick in this past draft. Uh, Boban, Sterling Brown, Trey Burke, and Marquise Chris. Is that a steal for Dallas? And again, does that concern you? Because this is another team, a competitor of ours that just beat us in the playoffs and they got better. Yeah, it's, they did, but Christian Wood, the thing I think about is like if we bring back Aiden and we just are the same team again last year, we're still better than Dallas. We lost to him in the, in the seven games, but does that even matter? No one believes in that Dallas team to beat the Suns again in seven. If whatever happened, happened to that team happens again, maybe they can. But I just think the Suns are still better. With Christian Wood, Aiden dominates that dude every time they play each other. So Suns are still better. That's all. That's how I look at it. Of course, Luca might be in shape this year. Who knows? Maybe he will give a shit this year. So that'll be scary. But Christian Wood, just adding that guy, it's not something where it puts him over the top of the Suns. That's not well, it. It's not like the other guys we'll talk about in a little bit, but he's he's still a good player. I just don't think it makes them better than the Suns. Well, but it definitely makes them better. It does make that, them better, yeah. That, that's my thing. You know, you, you take a look at who that team was. The team that beat the Suns in the playoffs was they had Dwight Powell playing the five. Right, like Christian Wood is a definite upgrade from uh from Dwight Powell. You know, you look at last season, seventeen point nine points, ten rebounds, and thirty nine percent from beyond the arc. So he is a he he's he's a solid five, and he's in you know fifteen million a year. I mean that's that's a hell of a deal for him. You know, so again, I think that that's we don't know how that whether or not that makes them better than the Suns because we don't know who the Suns are going to be next year. But we can mm-hmm. say that hey, this guy is assisting this roster and making this team better. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, a lot of teams coming for the Suns, right? You know, again, there's the rumor of Bradley Beal potentially to L.A. There's the rumor of Kyrie potentially to L.A. You know, he signed with the Nets, but that is in an effort to to uh, be traded, right? You know, mm-hmm. he probably has something going on behind the scenes, like I'm going to sign, but you're going to trade me, right? That's why the whole KD thing, some people are saying, nope, it's over because Kyrie signed. No, 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 no. Kyrie might be trying to get his ass back out to LA to play with LeBron. Yeah, right. No one's gonna be there. Those two guys will not be in Brooklyn. I, I like just it. come on. They're not gonna be in Brooklyn. I like it. I like. I'll it. bet something. Like I'll a, shave my only, head. The I'll only. Shave my head. Okay. The only guy <laughs> left standing in Brooklyn, Ben Simmons. <laughs> ben Simmons. Yeah. Right. You know, I still don't blame that guy for getting there, but that is crazy, right? You leave one situation and now, but that's the way it's in the NBA. You're never stable anywhere, so you can't count on anybody the next year, even if your guys are good together you guys are boys or whatever like kd and kyrie they are 
but they they're not going to be together. It's about winning. It's on the court, off the court. Fine. They can be friends, but on the court, it wasn't working. So you got to go elsewhere. Yeah, no, I agree. I completely agree. And you know, both might end up potentially in the same division playing against each other. Wouldn't that be great if Kyrie ends up in LA and then Katie's like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to Phoenix. We'll, we'll, we'll see what's up. Uh, P dog zero zero six says LA can't afford Beal. Matthew, what do we know about contracts? Doesn't matter. Doesn't Tear matter. Them up. Exactly. Cause it, cause even, what, what Beal could do that. is Beal could sign, you know, there's a couple different things that go on here. Beal, the yeah. rumor is Beal potentially might, you know, he opted out so he could potentially resign with the wizards for the Supermax. but it could be a sign and trade as well. And guess what? You could do some corner, some sort of three-way deal that involves Westbrook, whose contract is very comparable, getting out of there. And then doing it with a with a third party team potentially like an OKC. I don't know. You know, I'm not I'm not the 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 trade wizard, but there's definitely a way to where it could happen where Beal could end up in LA. I could definitely see that happening, right? I could definitely see Kyrie happening. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, I talked about Christian Wood and some of our jamsters, rightfully so. Again, thank you to the jamsters for watching right now. Make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button below and subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. A lot of them are mentioned. Jalen Brunson's probably gone from Dallas. So, you know, Christian Wood comes in, that's a plus. Jalen Brunson leaving, that's a minus because he'll probably end up in New York, right? So you're, you're, you're correct there, and and uh, good for shouting that out. But again, Los Angeles Lakers, Los Angeles Clippers, Dallas, all these teams are trying to get better and better, right? The Suns mm-hmm. have to make a splash, right? Other teams are improving. What is the definition of a splash to you, Matthew? Oh, well, it's it's KD or LeBron or Bradley Beal, right? I think it starts with Bradley Beal. I think that's where it starts because these are killers that you want on your team. You have to understand, like, I mean, I think everyone understands, right? That Lillard, Beal, and Katie, those are, I mean, Lillard's probably not in it, but who knows? That might pop up somewhere down the line where he might be traded. Who knows? But those are, like, three mindsets that you want on this team. That's a splash because it matches what we have there in our leaders and Devin Booker and Chris Paul because those guys want guys that get it, right? The big reason, I think, why DA is always out there, he's on the trade block, because he doesn't get it yet. He's young. He still has time. Like the Andrew Wiggins comparison that Dave King threw out there, it's good. Maybe he just needs more time, and he can come back later on when he's ready. But right now, it's about championship next year. It's about that mindset where these guys want to come in and just win and do absolutely everything unless they get injured. They have a chance to win. I just think the splash has to be those three guys. That's enough. That's a splash. Anything else is kind of like, okay, it was a good offseason. It's nothing to be negative about. It's, of course, giving your hopes up. Flex is doing his best out there, giving us the information. He's not definite on anything. He's just saying it's a possibility. And who knows what's going to happen because there's going to be a lot of moving pieces. But if you're going to talk about a splash, it has to be those three guys. But I just, I would still not be upset if we bring DA back and we saw the same team. Of course, a little bit of me, I'd be like kind of a little bit disappointed, but it'd just be, it'd be a good offseason still. And to me, I think that's kind of a splash is bringing back DA. I think that's the sun saying, no, we're sticking with this core. And you guys can bring in all these big names and try to build your super teams. And you know what? We're going to stick with the horse that got us here. And that's the way that we navigated drafts in the past and made transactions that set us up for success long-term. We're sticking with that long-term deal. Because I'm reminded very much so of a 2004-5 Phoenix Suns team that took the league by storm. And then rather than committing to that team, they decided to tear it up a little bit, right? You know, by Joe Johnson... Uh, by Quentin Richardson, hello, Kurt Thomas and Boris Diaw, you know, and it's just when that happens, you have some core pieces, but you're not the same team. And don't get me wrong, like those teams were very successful moving forward, but they didn't have the same pizzazz and they didn't have the same lethal uh, way of playing that that 0405 team did. No team, in my opinion, that was the best team. I know 05 or I think it was 0506 or 0708, one of those te- or 607, one of those teams was a lot of people consider better. That 0405 team was fucking lethal. And they mm-hmm. got rid of a lot of the assets and made them lethal. Lethal. So I, uh, to me, re-signing DA would be a be a splash, and I would love, love to have that happen. Now that being said, you know there are some trade rumors that I've put out there on BrightSideOfTheSun.com because we wouldn't be prudent to say, hey, is there ways to upgrade this team outside of those big names, right? Like, how can we improve this roster around the fringes rather than moving some main and chess pieces like DA, right? So. One of the ones that I brought up recently was a potential uh, bringing in Cam Reddish. Uh, you know, Cam Reddish is a, is a guy who just has been very, you know, underwhelming is kind of a word that would describe the way that he's played thus far in his career. Uh, originally coming out of Duke, uh, he, you know, obviously he played with 
uh, R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson. He was the 10th overall pick in the 2019 draft. Through his career, he's averaged 10.5 points per game, You know, 3.2 total rebounds, uh, 1.3 assists. From beyond the arc, he's a 32.5% shooter. He only shot 25.8% in his time with New York uh, after being traded from the Atlanta Hawks to New York. And he's somebody who this season is going to garner $5.9 million a year. Now, granted, he'll be eligible for a rec- uh, uh, rookie extension as well. But, you know, I think that's somebody potentially the Suns could take a swing at, you know, if, if you can, you know, Landry Shamit or something, just any way to get rid of Landry Shamit. Cam Reddish could be <laughs> one of those out there. Yeah, I know. And what I, are your I think thoughts on, on Cam Reddish? Another I was Cam. Bring up- campaign, Cam Reddish, Cam Johnson. Yeah, bring it on. The three C's, uh, sailing the three C's. I think that um, it I it, he reminds me of like a Shamit for the reason only that you know is this too big of a market now for him to play in? I mean he's playing in New York, but I mean not the market, but the actual team and the expectations coming in here. You know he can fold under, and I just don't want to deal with that. You know, a guy like him needs to be on a team where you know like a Trailblazers team or something where he can find himself. You know, mm-hmm. under the radar. This Good team call. is expecting too much this year. Like it was too much for Shamit, right? Shamit's been in the league for so long, and I guess he's not really a bust or anything, but he just made his way around the league. And like you bring a guy like Shamit in here, and he looked—he only had three good games this year. Like yeah. you're going to get worse than that from a Cam Reddish because the expectations are too high right now for the Suns, right? And I think like a lot of these guys you might bring up, or we will talk about later on, that we might actually get. It's going to be that. Can they just keep up with this team where the expectations are there and mentally, can you handle yourself on the court? And this is just another guy where I just think it's going to be wasting minutes. No, I hear you. And, you know, I'm looking at a couple of the other guys I have and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of overthinking, you know, I had Wendell Cardo jr. Just ain't going to mm-hmm. happen. You know, like I just don't see it happen. I think Orlando's standing pat with him. Uh, I also have uh, Poku just for you. Oh, fact, I'll, I'll, no. I'll bring I'll bring up the graphic that's just to show one. you. There you go. Look at that. That's look at not, that. That's number look, one. Right. Look there. at that face. Right. Beautiful. There. Hold on. I would. You, you know, I would not mind having that guy in the Suns. I'm telling you, in in games where it might be a blowout or just we need that guy coming in for an injury, this guy is perfect. Suns fans will love him, right? Away. Well, I mean, they just drafted Chet Holgram, so it's like I know the Thin Towers. It's another skinny <laughs> yeah. white guy. Like the they might be over him. Yeah, the Thin Towers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's like, you know, like Coach Fallen Founder says, feed that starving man. <laughs> um, I wouldn't mind him coming in for a little bit. Fuck it, you know, like ah, as awesome. long as you get rid of like Landry Shaman, I don't know. I would if we get him. I would I would spend two hundred bucks on a nice Poku jersey. I would. <laughs> yes, you would. <laughs> you know, as I look at a lot of the trades that are left out there on the fringes, I just I don't know if necessarily there's anything out there that's going to truly you know change the tide for the Suns. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like what what Coach Fallen Founder said. He says uh, I could really see a stand pat. And then trade our expirings at the deadline. That's Crowder, Sarich, and Craig yields about 25 mil. You know, I mean, I could definitely see something like that happening. I, I could see a a team that tries to run it back, see what they have, and then make their decisions around the trade deadline with their assets versus trying to jump the gun right now and, and remake the culture of this team. You know, if now obviously if a KD's sitting right there, yeah, you make that opportunity. That, that, that's a once mm-hmm. in life. That's a top 10 all-time NBA player, in my opinion. At least top 15. So you go for that. You go for that prize. But you don't have to step outside of, you know, the norm just to, to you don't make transactions just to make transactions. And thankfully, James Jones, we know he typically doesn't make any transactions, especially at the trade deadline that could benefit the team. No, he doesn't. And if if Katie's out there, like you brought up the Joe Johnson thing, you know, if it's a Katie, you do it. You, you absolutely do it. You can't look back on it and be like, man, if we would have got Katie, what would have happened? Because... You know, we won't know. We don't know what eight what Baton's game is gonna be down the line. We don't we don't know. We have no idea. Cameron Johnson, too. I love him to death, but he might just be who he is too. So we already know what Katie is. He's a champion. You gotta go after that guy. And I wouldn't have any regrets. If we don't win, it's like we made the right move. And then we we it'll be a disaster next offseason, but then we just call it quits and I'm just done. I'm just like, okay, that was our best chance in a million years, and it's never gonna happen then. Yeah, just accept our fate exactly as we, yes. as we typically do. <laughs> uh, I will throw out some potential free agent 
you know, targets that I'm looking okay. at. Uh, I'm, I'm putting together a series for Bright Side of the Sun where I'm going through some of our free agent targets. The only reason I want to talk about these right now is because when we go live on Thursday, I recommend we do like an 8.30 start, 30 minutes prior to kind of the deadline. Yeah. Uh, I want to put these names out into the ether beforehand just so in case. If by chance the Suns make a decision and, and target one of these guys as a free agent, I want to reference this podcast and be like, see, I told you guys I was right. I called one finally. Because I do this every year and I never get one right, Matthew. Ever. I never get these right. So with my first never getting this shit right pick, uh, a free agent, unrestricted free agent from Toronto, Chris Boucher. Thoughts on Chris Boucher? Yeah, nice, long, defensive rebounder, defensive player, runs the rim. Just kidding. I don't really know too much about him. I just <laughs> no. I've heard the name on podcasts and stuff. I didn't get to watch them a whole lot last year, so I couldn't tell you. What do you think, though? Why do you? Why do you? Ah, oh, such a damn fool. What? Why do? You, why do you love him, John? <laughs> why do I love? Him? Well, it's not that I I, I love him, but I, I do think that he's okay. a good fit. He's a as you mentioned, very long. Um, he's somebody he's six foot nine, power forward slash center, uh, a a bench player. You know, again, this is when you have to play that. That what if wheel, like what if the Suns move off of Jay Crowder and Cameron Johnson comes in and picks up the number four position? Okay, well, who's backing him up? Chris Boucher could be that guy, right? Like he's he's a guy who, you know, he was paid about six and a half million over the past, you know, each season, the past two seasons. So uh, didn't overwhelm, if you will, you know, in 21.1 minutes. Uh, game last season, he scored 9.4 points on 46.4% shooting. Uh, he's not a very good a perimeter player, but he is somebody who, like you said, he rebounds, he blocks, uh, he's got a defensive presence on that interior. So you would lose your perimeter presence uh, on the from the second team unit. But what you would gain is somebody who just has grit. You know, he's a guy who he's fought his way through the NBA. He's a very cerebral player. You know, he's somebody who uh, he had a turnaround last season. He started studying film twice a day. Uh, he credited his pregame meditation with helping clear his mind. Like he's just, I like his approach to the game and how he recognized like, Hey, there's an opportunity for me to excel. How do I get there? And then he executed that. And I think that that's something that's valuable. And again, I like his length uh, as a defensive player. So uh, that's why I'm kind of a, a Boucher fan. You know, I know that that PJ Tucker's name has been thrown out there a lot. And obviously he's a former Phoenix Suns player, but you know, with Chris Boucher, you get a 29 year old, not a 36 or seven year old. You know, so it's just like I'd rather go with somebody who is a little bit younger, aligns with our timeline, and uh, I don't know. I just I, I'm a fan of his. Okay, well let's let's make you happy. You know, I feel like James Jones is really kind of giving the Suns fans what they want. All but Shamit. Um, <laughs> Damn you, Shamit. So, so speaking I think, of Shamit, I have I have a uh, a solution to that, and that is free agent unrestricted Bryn Forbes. How about mm-hmm. this? I don't know if you remember, but once upon a time back in 2018, uh, this guy went off against the Phoenix Suns. He went five for five from beyond the arc, 25 points and a win. It it took the Suns record and, and made it four and 24 in DeAndre Ayton's rookie season. And, you know, he's six foot two. He's 28 year old point guard. And he's somebody who could, you know, potentially if the Suns, if we spin that what if wheel again, He's somebody who, if the Suns, you know, what if the Suns move on from Landry Shamit? Bryn Forbes could be a target to fill that position. He can shoot effectively from beyond the arc. And I think that he's got a toughness to him that would be something that would be beneficial to the Suns, you know. And again, you know, I mean, he is, he might be only 6'2, but 73% of his career possessions have come from uh, playing beyond the arc. So, you know, you take a look at how he's performed in his, in his, uh, in his career. And I think that he's somebody who would be beneficial if we were to move on from Landry Shaman. Yeah. You know, the, the little guy that can be annoying, right. And for the opposing team, that's what it looks like to me. This yeah. kind of guy, you know what I mean? So I'm down, John. I love it. You know, I wish I would have actually uh, prepped and looked at these yeah. dudes. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it, 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 You know, I only have like all that stuff just sitting in the notes for you to look at, but I mean, who gives a shit? All oh, right. these two dudes. Yeah. That's all Are in, they there? in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and they are. Yeah, and I got links to their stats and everything, man. I okay. Nice well, I didn't know we were going to go over these guys today because they. Came. Well, I wanted to get well, this. Just, the, all right, oh, one okay. more guy I want to talk My about, bad. and that is Los Angeles Laker, yeah. former Charlotte Hornet, and that is Malik Monk. Okay, and here's my why with Malik Monk, right? Guy who just didn't pan out for the Charlotte Hornets. 
right? 11th overall in the 2017 NBA draft. He was a three-point specialist in Kentucky. Uh, comes in, doesn't have a really good first season, kind of falters his second season. His third season, he finally starts to get it together. He gets his first start ever, then he gets popped for, like, drugs, you know, and he sits out for the the, the remainder of the season, only eight games, but he violated the league's anti-drug program. So 2020-21, you know, uh, decides, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a killer when I play the Suns. 29 points off the bench. Remember that game, Matthew? Mm-hmm. 29 points off the bench from Malik Monk, 124 to 121 victory over the Phoenix Suns that season. Uh, he shot 40.1% of his threes that season. And then Charlotte didn't bring him back. You know, they backloaded their backcourt with a lot of guards to include LaMelo Ball, uh, Miles Bridges, and they just did, didn't want him. So he bet on himself. He took a $1.7 million veteran minimum, went played with the the Los Angeles Lakers, which benefited him because, as we mentioned earlier, a team that's very injury-prone. So he started 37 of the 76 games in which he played, and he put together career highs in points, games played, minutes, uh, assists, uh, and true shooting percentage. And he shot 39.1% from deep for the Los Angeles Lakers this year. So he's going to hit the market. He probably has a little bit more value because he had a really a, a decent season. And uh, Jake Fisher from the Bleacher Report thinks that he'll go anywhere between 5 and $10 million. Again, you get rid of Landry Shamit, Malik Monk. You can't tell me no to that, Matthew. You can't no, tell no, me no, no. Monk's always been that guy. Like even when he falls off because of injury or whatever, drug use. Like he's always a guy that's going to come back and be like a killer for you off the bat. I just think he's a guy that's always going to come in and out, in and out of the league. Where just by name, like he'll have good seasons, bad seasons, but. Mm-hmm. I just think he can be a consistent guy if given the opportunity and if he is actually, you know, just actually there and prepared to play. So I've always loved Malik Monk, man, ever since he got drafted. I don't know if it was just a Bill Simmons thing, but I think he has. Well, he was a, a Kentucky be- player, and I remember you and I watching him because he was on that team with De'Aaron Fox, right? Yes, he was. Yeah. So, I mean, we saw him, you know, he, he, he was a solid player. And I think, yeah. yeah, maybe there's some of that Bill Simmons has, has dusted off on us. But no, he's and, always been a guy that I'm always worried about on the other team. I don't know why his name just pops out and I'm just like, yeah, too. this guy can turn Well, it he's on. explosive. So, he can dunk. He, he can shoot threes. Like he's he's a guy who's on the precipice of being good. He just can't get over the hump. And he's, exactly, he, yeah. he even said like when he went to LA, he's like, I'm going there to learn from these the, these leaders. I want to mm-hmm. learn how they approach the game. Right. And to, and to Kenneth Payne's point, Monk won't leave the Lakers. Guess what? They can't afford him. Mm-hmm. They can't afford five to ten million. They are locked in their salary cap issues unless they want to pay Malik Monk five or ten million dollars, which puts them into the luxury tax. So he ends up being like a sixty million dollar player. Yeah. So Suns potentially again, if you play the what if wheel, give it a spin, and it lands on move the fuck off of Landry Shamit's contract <laughs> and trade that for some sort of asset. That's the only thing on the wheel, though. <laughs> then yeah, it's that all over the place. <laughs> You know, that and like get rid of, yeah. you know, Jay Crowder's gone and, and Cameron Johnson's now starting at four. What do you do? But if that's what you land on, then Malik Monk is a viable option to bring in. You you get rid of Landry Shamit for a couple assets and mm-hmm. then you go after Malik Monk. He's a player who he of the three guys I mentioned, like Monk is the guy I really want to stay. He's yeah. Monk. He's the guy I really want to stay. That's, and again, yeah, yeah. P Dogs double zero six says Monk don't care. He wants to stay with them on less than a minimum. We'll see. We'll see because this guy's been working his ass off for an opportunity to try to make some money because he's been on a rookie deal. He didn't get extended from his rookie deal. He got 1.7 last year, like to go to get like a, a five to $10 million contract offer and go fuck that. I'm staying with the shitty Lakers. I don't know, man. We'll see. No. Yeah. I mean, those guys will probably be gone. Who knows this year? What's going to happen with the Lakers? I think it happens. It starts with LeBron, right? Free agency yes. always starts with LeBron. That yes. was my chair. I did not fart. If anybody heard that. All right. Did not. It always starts with LeBron. So wait for LeBron. Then the next moves monks, and you know what? I would be happy to have Monk. I really would. Seriously. Yeah. 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 So we'll. So They're we'll see. So again, Chris Boucher, Bryn Forbes, Malik Monk, three guys I'm throwing out there as targets for the Phoenix Suns. I got a couple more I'm, I might write about for Bright Side of the Sun prior to the free agency extravaganza that's going to occur. But you know, and, until then, uh, let's go, man. Like, let's go. Oh, one last thing before we get out of here, Matthew. Everybody wants to know. How do you feel, Devin Booker, Kendall Jenner? It's over. They were seen together today. So, I don't know. It's you know what? Do you believe right it? after it happened? I'm like, you know what? She was she wasn't good for him, but it, it's it's tough. Why do you say that? I, I I was thinking. I'm like, is it because Booker wanted kids? And I'm getting in my own head, just thinking like, why they actually broke up? I think Booker wants kids. He wants to be more serious. 
I don't think Kendall can do it right. She has to sell her body and stuff for images. She can't have a kid right now, right? Yeah, especially how skinny she is. I mean, like, I mean, she probably couldn't like just you know take it off and then put it back on or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. She could do something. Has it like has that. it affect you mentally, spiritually? Uh, you know, nothing good lasts. Relationships nowadays, I don't believe in any of it. So nothing lasts forever. It really doesn't. Uh, John, what you have is good, I'm sure, but everything else is just it's just a piece of shit and everything's gonna fall <laughs> apart one day for anybody in a relationship so i was i was kind of prepared except for chip and joanne i'll fix her upper amen hey yeah. don't you ever fuck with chip and joanne yeah that's that's the name of our next po- next podcast don't you fuck with chip and joanne <laughs> well i think on that note jamsters uh it's time for us to get out of here again 8 30 Thursday night, 30 minutes before the draft, not the draft, uh, before free agency begins Arizona time. Matthew and I will have a podcast. We'll talk about any rumors that are going on at that point and then live react to anything that's going on relative to free agency. Uh, It's always a fun time because, again, July 1st at midnight is when free agency begins in the NBA, which is 9 p.m. Arizona time. So until then. Thank you for joining another edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you happen to be consuming this content. If you're watching along live or at a different time on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button while you're here. And again, if you're listening on Spotify, give us a five-star rating. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. You can follow me at Darth Voida on Twitter. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. Uh, Matthew, let's see. And of course, you can follow the show at Suns Jam. We look forward to seeing you again Thursday night. Thank you, Jamster, for putting up with another episode of us. Uh, Yeah, let's go. Matthew? Let's go. Go home and love your family.